played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Welcome to the ESPC podcast, where every podcast is a business meeting with a specific purpose and a specific outcome. I'm Josh. I have an MBA, securities license, clients for a decade, more than $50 million and above. And what that means to you is, for example, week five, we went 14 into 87%. Uh, to put that in perspective, 59%, you can consistently live in Vegas. Some pros average 70%. So 85.5 really is really good. For me, it was $11,330 in profit. So we give you the insight how to make that money betting on NFL games, betting college games. Then we get into the NFL, college football, uh, college basketball. We share the information because we have to, right? It's capitalism and freedom is not free. If we don't share information as middle class, upper middle class people, uh, probably this country will be in trouble. I figured out, but we have a lot of fun at the same time. But part of the process to get that good is that you need to be grounded in reality. All right. Uh, we call this a Hotter Effect podcast because, as Rene Descartes said, a life left unexamined is not worth living. We use business and financial concepts that I use in my other jobs to predict successfully the outcome of football games, and monetize our time, make it the highest and best use of our time. We use decision science, return to the mean, probability theory. But in this podcast, it's about self-review, right? We use a little bit of psychotherapy. My wife's been a psychotherapist for 18 years. I've learned a lot. (laughs) You have to feel, you have to feel the shame, the embarrassment, the humiliation of making the wrong decision better identify and analyze any situation to get close to the truth. Elon Musk says that to predict outcome, right? The richest man in the world, Elon Musk, to predict outcomes, you have to get to the truth. But again, as middle class, upper middle class people, we do not have the resource Elon Musk has to get to the truth. But what we can do is get to the truth get as close to the truth as possible. It starts with you. It starts with us. You can't live in a fantasy world. You can't believe in the Easter Bunny. You can't believe in Santa Claus. Perception is 50-50. And then, you know, we're lied to uh, constantly. So you cannot be a legend in your own mind. You can't overestimate your ability to do anything. You can't make excuses for negative outcomes. You have to be accountable. You have to expect, accept responsibility. And you have to uh, improve whatever endeavor you're in by 10 to 20% by using the Hawthorne effect, right? And that's what this podcast is about. Uh, usually better for 20%. Uh, us, off the bat, we're in the 50s. But through this effect, the Hawthorne effect, we, you know, we increased 10 to 20%. In the case of last week, or not last week, but week five, we were uh, 14 and 2, 87.5%, and made $11,330. So again, we use business and financial 
concepts. We use decision science, right? We turn to the mean essay. Probability theory, highest level, but probability theory is 80%. That's why that 87.5% number is so important to us. Another business concept is, you know, Detroit left some points out there. Um, they could have covered that seven and a half. I do, I disagree though on the total. I think that was a bad pick. That Dallas defense is freaking awesome. Dallas has been a heavy under team all year. Um, you know, I just, they were going to control that tempo, control that game. You know, I think it really should have been more of like a 24 to 17 game where the Lions covered the 8, 27 and a half, and, and it was about going to be at 41. It was going to be under that 50. 50 is a really big number for an NFL game. And, you know, just with that Dallas defense, and, you know, they, they're a 60 40 run split. You know, Dak was coming back, probably going to be slow, slow offensively. I think that under, that game was going to go under, but I do think, the Lions not covering the seven was a little bit of a luck factor with those turnovers. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't predict turnovers and you can't predict injuries either. I'm not around St. Brown got injured basically right. the first series of the game, so he was out for the whole game. And they didn't really have a passing game. So um both those factors re you really can't predict, especially, you know, even picking the game even two hours beforehand. Right. So it's bad luck. It's bad luck. I think if the Lions have been at full strength, and I think if the turnovers hadn't happened, I, I think it would have been a much closer game and probably a little bit more high scoring than it was. So, Yeah, and yeah, I, I lean with Chad because you got to look at the number. It's 49. The average score of an NFL game is 45. Dallas, it was at 50, though. It was up to 50. We could have got – for kickoff, I think it was at 50. Right. So, right. yeah, we should have gone under, under uh, 50. Uh, Detroit, I mean, they were four, four out of five. Uh, yeah, they were 0 for 4 on four, on third down. Uh, Goff wasn't too bad. He was uh, like 20 of 26, but two interceptions, two costly interceptions uh, going in. And they had more first downs, uh, about 18 – 18 to 21 first downs. You know, I want to think net, net rushing. Yeah, they had 117 yards, 4.7 yards a carry on Dallas. And they only scored six points. <laughs> but 45 is the key number. You kind of look at that and say, okay, Dallas is defense. Yeah. They beat them in time of possession as well. Right. Yeah, they, they did everything but score. Yeah, they didn't finish. Uh, this game, I made a bad judgment. I thought that Matt Ryan had enough in the tank to pull a division win against Brable. The answer is no. It's now Sam Elger time for the University of Texas. He just didn't have enough in, in the tank, right? And that's why they lost. To Brable, uh, four straight losses for Frank Wright versus Brable. And Brable, you know, it, it gives him a foothold in that division. Uh, I think it was a error in my judgment. And also over 42, uh, Matt Ryan is too old to score over 42 points in that situation. What do you guys think? Tell 
to the. To... Right, you want to go? Or you want me to go? Go ahead. I'll go. Um, my thinking was this: Indianapolis lost to Tennessee before. I thought right. they would be the more desperate, more hungry team right. in this game because they couldn't lose the game again. Or no. they would have a difficult time winning the division, making playoffs. So I'm going to say it was a bad pick because of what you said about Frank Reich losing to Rabel three times in a row going into this game. And the fact Tennessee was coming off their bye week. Right. And they were the fresher, healthier team, fresher team going in. And I think Matt, we are over, I overestimated what Matt Ryan could do in this offense. Right. And now you see now he's got a shoulder injury, but that's not why he's being benched. It's being benched because of his performance. So I think it was a bad pick. I I think Tennessee being at home probably should have gotten a nod from me on this game. So I'm going to say bad pick on this part, on my part with this. Yeah, so, you know, this one I did pick Tennessee on the money line. Um, and I got that right. I like, I thought, you know, they're not being at home off the buy, but yeah. That saved us. The under's a bad pick. The, the over is a bad pick on this one. Um, you know, just these teams are just offensively, both aren't very good. Uh, both like to lean on the running back. You know, uh, Brable's, a, you know, a defensive guy. You know, he's, that's kind of a style he likes to play. And I mean, although Wright is an offensive guy, we've, we've seen – the Colts offense struggle all year. And I mean, that defense is really, you know, keeping them in games. You know, we've seen them, you know, play a 20 to 17 game at home against the Chiefs. You know, we saw them in, in Denver play what? They won 11 to 10 overtime games. Um, you know, so they, you know, those two teams matching up right now, I mean, they're under teams. And that was, you know, they went under the first time um, and, and they, they went under the second time. It's just an uneventful offense, leaning on the run game. Um, you know, and, and Brayboy is a defensive guy, and, and the Colts' offense is just not not there right now. They're a defensive team as well. So, and this is a problem, right? Uh, and Brayboy knows this, right? And it's in finance. You eliminate variables and co-variables to achieve a result. Uh, Matt Ryan, at this point in his career, he went thirty-three for forty-four. 243 yards, right? So he's dinking and dunking. He throws two picks. This point in your career, when you're playing a safe ball control game, you cannot throw two picks. Tannehill, he sucks, right? That's why he only had 13 completions for 132 yards, right? It was Derrick Henry left, Derrick Henry right. 30 attempts for 128 yards, 4.3 yards a carry for Derrick Henry. Zero fumbles. Micah Pittman fumble. Pittman can't fumble. In this type of game, all right. You can't, you know. So that was it there. And and the, and the other thing with Matt Ryan is he's fumbled eleven times this year so far, lost three. Right. That's number one. Number two, this is the owner that was calling for this. The owner is tired of this. We'll get a retread quarterback. He'll come in. He'll play offense. That'll be it. He's paying him. He's he's approving the contract. He's approving the trade. Right. But. He's tired of seeing this, and he wants to see change. So that, that's a reason why Matt Ryan is no longer the quarterback for the Colts. So. Yeah, and, and Ursi knows that uh, because of his criminal past, he has to get in front of this, right? He's blowing all his money on drugs, so you can say, oh, it's not that I'm paying people. No, you don't have backups, dude. And the reason you got ahead of Shine Schneider is because you don't want you don't want people looking at you. <laughs> so he's the first owner to say anything. 
He didn't say it just to say it. Owners like to keep quiet. He said it to cover his ass. Uh, Ursay, family-owned team. All right. Uh, damn. Now, this pick, baffling. You guys tell me about this because this one, I, I really don't have words for this. Other than uh, we've been brainwashed. And it was so much brainwashing that it finally filtered through us. Even though I put it on mute, I tried to avoid it as much as possible. Uh, we've been brainwashed about Green Bay. Because Green Bay is not even good. Green Bay is losing to the worst teams in the NFL. Week in, week out. Giants, Jets, Giants, Jets and Lord Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we I, maybe I should have done more research and said, hey, uh, Lord Commanders, plus five uh, at home. Josh, I am a thousand percent behind what you and Chad said. Green Bay is not a good football team. Will not pay their players. Let right. Devontae Adams go. Walk away via trade. Right. They just they are an awful team. They refuse to run the football. They do not run the football. If it does not work once or twice, they go away from it. They're putting everything in Aaron Rodgers' hands. And Packers do not have anybody in the receiving core that that will help him out. So well, they are. Bad football team right now, and I'll foreshadow they're gonna get smoked in Buffalo this week. Sunday yeah. night game, they're gonna go down big this week. They're not a good football team. So that was a bad pick on our part, and the under forty one was bad. Total bad pick on my part. So far, bad six pick. bad picks. We left a yeah. lot of money on the table here. Six bad yeah. picks. Uh, yeah. One, you know, one thing before we go to chat. One thing I noticed, even at this age, right? How talented Rogers is. He has one Super Bowl. Brady has six. Yes. Brady isn't even yes. close. And and this is the other thing, too, about the Fox in charge of the hen house. LaFleur Le, uh, is putting his play sheet in his pocket second half. Rodgers is going out there calling his own plays. I think LaFleur can maybe suggest the play. Fiasco, this whole Aaron Rodgers fiasco in the offseason last year is coming back to haunt them right now. Okay. Because all they're saying is, okay, Aaron, you wanted it, here you go. Right. You run the game, and he's not making the right decision. And the receivers are dropping balls all over the place. That's right. the other thing. They're not, they're not helping him out at all. So and He's not Brady, too. He can curse out receivers. He's nope. cursing out receivers, but Brady, uh, you know, I guess Giselle didn't like it. And I agree with her as far as A.B., and I wouldn't allow AB in my house. <laughs> you know? he, said, he said in the press conference, Adam Rodgers said in the press conference, this is the best thing for us going up to Buffalo on Sunday night, being three and four right now to play Buffalo. <laughs> in what in what universe is this a good thing for them? It's not. It's not. And what, what do you think about that, Chad? Would you respect that this guy's the quarterback who you see him on at the mall, he ignores you, doesn't even know you exist, and then you drop a ball in practice and curses you out? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, yep. It's a business. Yeah, Nobody cares how much you know until you, they know how much you care. What do you think about? It? I think it's two bad picks there. You know, the over. Go ahead. I think the biggest the biggest thing about the Packers right now too is the defense is not good. Yeah. Uh, you no, know, usually you know the Packers have last year had a really good defense. Right. Uh, and I mean it's 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 just not there this year. Right. They they're not stopping anybody. So. I mean, yeah, you got to think the Bills are going to put up a lot of points. I think you got to look at that over 47. 
I mean, that, that game could be, I mean, the, the Bills could score. Well, this is the problem. This is the problem. I was watching, um, you know, the, the feed, and they're showing Joe Barry with a play sheet. I don't know what they were saying because I have it on mute. I don't want that propaganda in my brain. But I was like, you know what? And I was watching it. You know what? Joe Barry's trying to be like Pete Carroll, right? His father-in-law is Monty Kiffin. They're playing that same defense from 30 years ago. Two high safeties. The Tampa 2 coverage, right? And they've range-watched people. They were saying that Green Bay's defense was going to be good. And like Chad's saying, uh, Green Bay's defense is horrible. They have a horrible defense. Right? So, uh, their, their philosophy in the front office is burning them big time. Right. Big time. So, I just don't like them. They're not a good team. Right, so that was a bad pick. So we're up to six bad picks. Uh, the Ravens. And I'm trying to see who the Ravens play next week because I think these coaches. But they're Andy Reid guys. On a short week. Tampa Bay. Uh, Saturday night game, right? Yeah. I mean, what do you think Tampa about it? Last week they played the Clowns. Uh, let me look at this. I think my mind's trying to block that game out. Lamar's been a terrible quarterback the last right. four weeks. He hasn't been very good. There's another, there's another quarterback that doesn't play very well. To Lamar know, to know, and not to do. Because, right. Yeah, to know, and not to do right. is not to know. I think I know that you can't take points with uh, Harbaugh. He wants to be steady, Freddie, just win by field goals. I knew that, but I didn't act upon it. So. I have to teach myself to right. act upon it. He does not cover yeah. spreads. But you're you're on a, a double-edged sword because right. Cleveland's an analytics team. Right. <laughs> and, that was that was a problem. Don't win. They, yeah. So they were going to yeah. lose. So. Cleveland should have won this game, but they lost because of analytics. In this case, they covered the yeah. spread because uh, the philosophy, right, of the Harbaugh Mafia football family overrid the analytics and this other thing too and i'll do a video maybe all three of us can do a video we have time of lamar jackson trying to act like a pocket passer in certain times where he should take off and run because he doesn't have to prove anything to anybody he's like somebody who's trying to over he's trying too hard for that girl you know he's being too nice to her you know he's, he's trying too hard to prove he's a smart guy that he's not another dumb Quarterback who can't read defenses. He wants to prove that he can read defenses and he can be a pocket passer like Brady. Don't prove anything to anybody. Situational analysis. Sometimes you have to take off and run. What do you think, Chad? Hey, bad pick. Uh, we got the others though. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, you got to like, uh, you know, Harbaugh is a big favorite like that is. You know, historically, not not probably the MO. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a bad pick. You know, the, the Browns here were able, you know, to keep this one close. I think it had to go back to what Scott said in the, in the, you know, the beginning of the show, the mediocrity of the NFL. I mean, I think that mediocrity leads to big lines, lines over seven, eight-point favorites. Right. Are, I mean, not, I mean, the Patriots last night, you know, teams are covering these big lines because of that mediocrity. Um you know, everyone's so so even, and I think this is just another 
you know, another testimony to that. And yeah, I mean, the Ravens did everything they did to try to lose that game, but you know, we were able to pull out a win. Um, you know, definitely an under game the whole way, but yeah, it, uh, it's just that that mediocrity. And you know, the the Browns, we are able to run the ball. You know, they got Chubb, the best, I mean, basically the best running back in the NFL. So. And they're going to have enough success to cover seven, eight points, you know, against the teams that aren't, you know, the Chiefs, Bills, or uh, third team that's got them. Those are third Eagles. Eagles. Chiefs, Bills, Eagles. Yeah, I mean, if you're outside of that group, I mean. No, but the Browns are going to be interesting with Deshaun Jackson, or Deshaun Watson, if analytics doesn't mess them up, because they, with a running game, they should score at least about 30 points a game with Chubb and all them. Mm-hmm. Because then you have uh, people's drones on one-on-one coverage. You got Amari Cooper and whoever, <laughs> right? I'll throw Chad on there with with some screens and a, and a pick play for Chad and some Chad will win some one-on-one battles just out of anger. He'll score thirty points a game with that offensive line and what's going on there. But it, it was like the only person that could stop Michael Jordan was Dean Smith, right? So it, they're just bad coaching. Denver money line. Yeah. Uh, this is the first one that I think is bad luck. Denver should have won the game, but then again, corporate governance. They probably have the worst coach I've seen in a while since, you know, the Patricia, uh, Freddie Kitchens. I think right now, Hackett is the new Freddie Kitchens. Uh, they had that game one. Rippin's a decent quarterback. You have, you forgot, you forgot a couple. Ben McAdoo. Chuck Fairbanks. Matt Rule. Matt, Matt Rule. Rule, yes. I was trying to block him out of my mind. Mr. <laughs> fail, Mr. Fail Forward. You know who was a bad one? Yeah. You remind me of? Uh, actually, he wasn't that bad, but he ended up being bad. 2-14 and 14 with the Patriots. Grogan, um, the, the wide receiver, and then he becomes a head coach. Raymond, something for the Patriots. Know him? Barry? Yes, Raymond Barry. Barry. <laughs> Raymond Barry. What do you think, Chad? Yeah. I think this is bad luck. Denver should have won at home. They did everything but win the game. Yeah. I mean, you got the Jets team total under the 17 and a half. Right. Um, no, the, I mean, golly, you got to look at the Broncos team total, too. I mean, they can't score on anybody. Um, What's well, bad coaching? Golly, Those yeah. patterns they have. The, the the patterns the game, are high school the patterns. Exactly, yeah. You know, the game went exactly how we thought. Yeah. You know, the Jets can't, you know, score under 17 points. It's like, you know, surely the Broncos could win a 20 to 17 game, uh, you know, even a 17 to 16 game. But they, I mean, goodness, that was like the, it was like the Colts game, you know, 2.0 right there. So, yeah, I mean, that's bad luck, man. They, they, they yeah, the, Jet, the Jets scored off turnovers. Yeah, just scored off turnovers and McManus who never missed, missed miss a field goal. So I, yeah, yeah. yeah, bad luck, bad luck. It's bad luck. It's total bad luck. I mean, now we know it's not all Russell Wilson. It's definitely the coaching staff. I mean, this, this guy has no idea what he's doing. I, I think he's going to be gone after this year. He's not long out for this world. I, I just think. When you when you acquire a quarterback like a Russell Wilson, right. you can't put your system to him. You have to put the system that he's comfortable with around the team, and they clearly have not done that. And I know he would he didn't play this week this past week, but still, 
I mean, you got to score more than nine points to win a game. You have to. You, I, I, you know, the coach after the game says, oh, the players got to – they got to play big in big situations. Well, you're not putting them in situations to play big. Well, this is the other thing, too. Uh, and that's the problem with guys like this because of nepotism. Yeah. Sometimes you have to perform, right? So you got a job because of his dad, this and that. Sometimes you have to call a play, man. And he's not hes not calling plays. He's not, okay, and he has players, right? So it's him sucking. You have Jerry Judy, all right? Us three, you put us on the sidelines, we'll draw up a play, and we'll get the ball to Jerry Judy, regardless of the quarterback. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Get a score. And he's not doing that. He's doing the minimum because he's already got paid. He already got paid up front. He's already a multimillionaire. You know what I mean? He's delusional. I mean, we, Chad, can't, we can't afford to be that way. That's why we challenge I mean, ourselves as a partner. Right. Chad knows this from playing. You, you have to play to the strength of your team. Right. And he's not playing to the strength of his team. He's just not doing it. His strength of his team is the two wide receivers he has. Right. And you're not doing it. You're not doing it. And and that's a problem. Yeah. And the other reason this guy got hired was because they thought they could get Aaron Rodgers. Because this guy came from Green Bay. Right. So they said, oh, we're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers went back to Green Bay. And then you were stuck. And then you had an open pay to get Russell Wilson. And then you paid $250 million for a contract. And he hadn't done anything because the coach hasn't allowed him to. So. Yeah. Disaster. Uh, yeah, totally. This another game that kind of baffled me, torn me. You guys decide whether it's bad pick or bad luck. Uh, you can't predict turnovers. And one play, uh, pick six, Davis Mills. Again, Davis Mills, like, uh, what's his face? Ryan, if, if you're going to dink and dunk, you can't throw a pick six. And you're from Stanford. You're supposed to read defenses. You're supposed to be smart. Football smart, you can't get blown up like that and, uh, you know, and turn the ball over. He did that pick six, 14-point swing, makes this game uh, go over, and Houston doesn't cover the 7.5. So now thinking about it, I think bad pick, that's going to be our eighth bad pick. Eight bad picks, we know better. Leaving money on the table, right? You can't do that. Even though it's the richest country in the world, that's why we do that. We wouldn't have done it if we're, you know, we're about to go broke. But you can't do it ever. That's bad thinking. You don't want to get in bad habits mentally. Eight bad picks. So I say bad pick on the total maybe, but the, the seven and a half is bad luck. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. Seven and a half is bad luck. Um, you have a quarterback that's regressed in Davis Mills. He he was pretty good in his rookie rookie year. He's not as good this year. Brandon Cooks is above average wide receiver. They having trouble getting him the ball, uh, and with any distance, um, you know he had six catches for forty six yards. It's eight, eight yards a catch. Can't do that with Brandon Cooks. You got to get him deep a little bit further down the field. Um, you know the Raiders. Needed to win this game. They they came off a bye. They were the rest of the team. They had two weeks to study Houston. It looks like they did. They did a good job. But the pick six is a killer. Anytime there's a pick six, that game is going over. Usually, usually it's not staying under. So um, the the the, the Texans, yeah, the Texans were sixty percent on third down. Yeah, that, that's great. Four four hundred and four yards. Right, 
6.2 yards a carry. That shows you how bad the Raider defense is. But this is also, you know, the, the problem I think too, maybe Chad, what do you think? I think uh, he threw the pick six, uh, Chad, because of mental fatigue. It was late in the game. They're driving. And this is a problem with cheapo teams, right? Damian Pierce, 20 carries for 92 yards. Who's his backup? Rex Burkhead. They, they have no backup, so it's all on Mills. Do you think, Chad? Was it was it mental fatigue? And you gotta think he's gonna be mentally fatigued late in the game because he doesn't have the resources. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's that's that's tough. I mean, they're going to, to go drive and, and you know make it a, a field goal, four point game, and cover that spread. And, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just made a bad decision, man. Um, you know, I do think, like, the Texans, you know, right, like, stylistically, they, they want to play that defense and run the ball and control the tempo. Right. Um, but, you know, anytime they play a team that has a somewhat good offense, um, you know, they seem to struggle. Um, you know, like the Chargers put up 34 on them. Um, you know, but all the other teams that, you know, they, you know, kept low scoring are bad offense. I mean, they kept the Colts to 20, the Broncos, the Bears, and the Jaguars. Um, you know, those four teams offensively are, might be your bottom four. Well, there's the thing. So, the, um, the, the first-line players are playing well. But once the defense gets tired, they're like, fuck it, man. You know what I mean? Because they're tired. They're on the field way too long against yeah. those good offenses. You know? That's the problem. I mean, yeah, so much media. So much media. The, the, I mean, there's no cool. depth on that defense. The don't even really play anybody. But the Chiefs all year, I mean, it, yeah. This, it, Josh Jacobs went wild against him, so they can't stop the run. That's, that's the whole point. You, you, yeah, and, they, and that's what they look like. They look like that against Eckler two weeks yeah. ago, playing the Chargers at yeah. home. They couldn't. They couldn't stop yeah. them. So, so Josh, here's the thing: if, if they're playing a a really good running team or a really good running back. They're going to have trouble covering the spread. On the second half, the, the Raiders scored 21 points in the fourth quarter because they're dead tired. So now, it's after week seven, I start doing this, looking at teams. We're going to start betting uh, against Houston in the second half. Like you said, with teams that can run the ball, pounded him, bust yes. the guts. Uh, yes. They bust guts, right? They're feeling pain on the sideline. And here comes Derek Carr going three and out. They take Pierce out. And Burkhead gets stuffed for no yardage. They're like, really? I'm back now. I'm back now on the field. I already got my stats. You know? So I'm going to start betting second half against Texans. As they gave up 28 points in the second half, 21 points in the fourth quarter. You know? Right. The team are going to look at that to wear them down. Uh, Seattle. We got that one right. The only thing we missed... And I think it was a bad pick for our ninth bad pick. This is ridiculous. We know better. Ninth bad pick. Uh, this game was going over all the way. Both teams uh, are depleted and they don't have any backups and their defenses suck. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. So, what do you think, Scott? Bad pick. Yeah, bad pick because Seattle's offense has been incredible this year. I mean, they they scored against everybody. Bad bad defenses, good defenses. 
mediocre defenses. So, and you knew Seattle's going to score, and then the Chargers are going to have to score too. So, um, it's a bad pick. I mean, you know, underestimation of Geno Smith and, and right. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's changed a little bit. He's changed. He's allowed Geno Smith to run an offense the way that Geno Smith wants to run the offense. And, that, and that's a great time for Geno Smith in Seattle's offense. And uh, situation intelligence, right? Uh, Pete Carroll said, hey, with this team, I can't win the way I want to win. I'm going to have to win with shootouts. Okay. Right. And that's what they're doing. They're running the ball really good, really well. This this running back that took from Rashad Penny took over Rashad Penny is running the ball extremely hard with vigor, enthusiasm, passion, and that's a Pete Carroll player, prototype player right there. Well, he took Russell Wilson's Carroll. advice. He took Russell Wilson's yeah. advice because that was the Russell Wilson beef that they weren't. Uh, Getting offensive linemen and drafting offensive linemen. And they finally yeah. did that and they got rid of him. <laughs> he's, he's like, I'm not going to pay for as both. As crazy as this sounds, as crazy as this sounds, Seattle has a better than 50 50 shot of winning this division. As crazy as it sounds. Arizona's not in any great shakes. No. The Rams are struggling. And the, the other team, San Francisco, who we're probably going to talk about in a minute here. Right. Is um, is struggling both sides of the ball right now. So, right. Um, so Seattle's got a really good shot here to, to win this division. Well, then we get back to you know how you're predicting, right? Corporate governance. Pete Carroll's won three national titles, uh, won a Super Bowl, within another, within a play of winning another Super Bowl. Uh, he he's good at managing, and you can you can see that in the NFL the difference. It was, listening to his practice conference was interesting because they were talking about, uh, you know, what we talk about a lot. That every he does it right. Belichick does it. He does it. Gruden does it. I'm shocked other coaches who don't do it. But he was talking about Clingsbury's adjustments, and I guess he's old, so he he, he was kind of they caught him talking out loud to himself. Really, he's like, oh, is he changing because of what's happening during the season? Or was it planned during the summer, during the offseason? He, he said that, like asking a question to himself because he's old. But you see the level of detail. He's, he wants the intel of how Clingsbury's thinking and how he goes about planning his season. Is it in season or is he planning an adjustment every four or five games? Like all the all these guys are very heavily scripted. Right? And us as people anticipating outcomes of these games to make money off of them, we're like, okay, we've seen this movie before. What 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 is the what is the plan they had that Andy Reid had during uh, summer? Like that play that this can't we will get to. That was planned during summer. Okay, it's thirty eleven. This is where we're gonna run this year. Yes. He didn't just oh let's come up with that plan. Yeah. So that's the next game. Uh, San Francisco has the Rams next week, right? And Shanahan's an old school coach. And I said to myself, did he hold back on defensive snaps for next week? Because he scored 43 points, and that's very uncharacteristic of San Francisco. So I looked up the statistics to corroborate that. And, again, I made a lot of money. I'm sure Scott has, too. I'll find Reed in the playoffs. He always loses in the playoffs. 
because he beats his team yeah. up during the season. And lo and behold, when you look at the participation chart on defense, uh, only two defensive linemen on San Francisco played more than 60% of the snaps on defense, as opposed to six on Kansas City. You know, defensive linemen are the ones that were out. So they played less snaps. They want healthy defensive linemen for the Rams as that game counts for two. And, again, that's another team here outside division, outside the conference, down the road. Salesmen think short-term. Businessmen and women think long-term. And Shanahan's thinking about next week. He, this game wasn't as – this game counted for one. This game this week counts for two. The Rams are coming off a bye. So he gave his kids a little mini buy. So uh, San Francisco plus three, under 49. That's a bad pick. But that's 10 bad picks. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Scott. I agree with you. I, I think that, um, you know, after the Rams, he's got a buy also. So he's looking at these these, these next two weeks, um, getting his team right. 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 Good coaches, what they do. They want to trade around 500 going into their bye week. It comes in week eight Nine. through 10. So they want to get to 500, make their adjustments in the. That's why they traded for McCaffrey. Right. Get him in for a, a quarter of a game. This week, McCaffrey will play a ton because it's a division game. And then they got a bye. He can readjust and he can come out of the bye for the last seven weeks. And I, I would almost bet you he's going to go five and two with the worst after the bye. So because you're gonna yeah, look at the yeah, teams that are coming, right? Yeah. They're like, okay, yeah. uh, because it, this is what these guys do, right? You, you notice it with Carol. Carol's like, oh, what's Clinberry thinking about the season? Is he making in games mm -hmm. adjustment or did he plan it from way back? So they try to get yeah. each other's chance. So San Francisco saying, okay, we got Devo Samuel. Defense is like, okay, what are we gonna give up? What are we gonna take away? Right. So at that point, when he's been seeing what they're what they're willing to give up, you plug in McCaffrey, and you run specialty plays. So you go to Garoppolo. They're in this defense. They do this. This this is what we're gonna run. But you're not calling the play on the sideline right now. It's called way before, like you're saying during the bye week. They're looking at film. You see this. You see this guy line up here. You see the this key there. This is gonna be the McCaffrey. This is going to be the deal, Samuel. Yeah, because, because what do these good coaches like like a Belichick, like a Pete Carroll, like a Kyle Shannon, like a Sean McVay, right. a good coach, even though you know his team is struggling this year, right. like a Harbaugh. Right. What do they say in these AFC NFC games? Score 60 points, I don't care what you do. Right. I have a division game next week. I'm more focused on that. Exactly. Even though I'm not letting the players know I'm more focused on it, I am because – if you go 6-0 in your division, you're more than likely not going to win that division. So, you know, that's what he's pointed at. That's why I think when you watch San Francisco this weekend, Christian McCaffrey is going to run the ball and going to be a huge factor in that game. Why? Because that's what Kyle Shanahan wants. They didn't just trade for him, just to trade for him. They traded for him because it's going to be a big part of the offense. Not so much this week against Kansas City's past week. More so going forward. So Kyle Shannon is going to be a different coach this week than he was last week because of that, and because he was only playing—he was playing Kansas City. 
He, he didn't care about the Super Bowl rematch. He didn't care about all that stuff. He, he doesn't care about that. No. He cares about the division games. So that's why I think you'll see a much, much different San Francisco team this week than you did last week. Right. So, and it was a bad pick. I agree with you. It's a bad pick. Because you get, you, we had to anticipate that. You know, and it's kind of in the back of the head. And, you know, it, and Garoppolo can't win a shootout against Mahomes. That's not happening. Okay. Uh, right. He's, he's too impulsive. He's not really good at reading defenses. What he, what he does have are the physical skills. He can stand in the pocket. That's what I'm noticing, too. Uh, not everybody can stand in the pocket, right? Even Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson had problems standing in the pocket. Just your physical strength, like your rebounding. You, co- you coach for 30 years. You know, the physical strength, you know, to stand in the pocket or rebound, be able to rebound. Uh, people get that confused. Yeah. Rebounding with height is more your presence and boxing out, right? <laughs> right, coach? Boxing out quickly yeah. in your presence. No no doubt. You What you want in any a quarterback or, right. or a center in, in basketball is you right. want a physical person. Right. I.e., you know, who in the NFL is physical? Josh Allen. Uh-huh. Josh Allen's a very big guy. Right. Who's very physical. That's the chances. He's a solid 240. Yes. Yes. He's muscle, complete muscle at 240. That's the type of guy you want who can work speed, can run, can throw the ball 80 yards down the field. Right. On a dime. So, you know. All right. Then the last game, you're all over this one. Uh, the three games, right? That they're, they're good experiences because at first glance they were baffling, but once you think about it, you start uh, making sense of it. Bad pick with New England minus eight. That's just too many points for Matt Patricia. Uh, Elberfuss, right? And I know this: to know and not to know, to know and not to do is not to know. Elmer Fuss was on that staff, defensive guy with Pinkle of Missouri when Missouri won the West in the SEC, right? They were beating Florida, LSU, but they shouldn't have. He's a great defensive strategist and was a big coaching mismatch. Elmer Fuss against Patricia and Judge. Uh, and, and really what it is, is it, as much as Belichick is organized on defense, he is – Chaos, right? It's still in his old age on offense. Two things, right? That, Scott, I want you to know what, what you think about that. And the second question I have for you is, I'll look it up in a second, but Belichick is below 500 as a coach without Tom Brady. Yeah. Huh. I, I don't like Belichick's coach. You're right. I, I just don't like him as a coach. I, I like him as a strategist. Highly successful. It's won Super Bowls. Has done all this. What has he done without Tom Brady? Right. Since Brady's left. Made the playoffs last year. Great. What did he do in the, in the playoff game against Buffalo? <laughs> he got his butt handed to him. Right. And to me, he is playing Russian roulette with this quarterback position. Never a good thing in the NFL. Right. Never a good thing. He does not have the type of team that can compete. I 
took them under eight and a half wins in Vegas because I just knew your offensive coordinator is Matt Patricia. He's awful. Right. He's awful. Joe Judge is his co-offensive coordinator. He's just, just as worse, just as bad. So Belichick wants nothing to do with the offense right now. He's all focused on the defense. And one guy beat him last night, Justin Fields. Right. Yeah, and, and I know that. It's a third game where uh, Belichick doesn't think you can beat him running, right? And he's probably right. You can't yeah. win a championship running. But individual games, and this is the third game. So I didn't learn from the other two times. I have to learn from this time. When you have a good running quarterback, they are going to cover the – they might not win, but they are going to cover the spread. Get Bill Belichick and uh, Pete Carroll. It, no matter how many Super Bowls and championships they won, uh, that's the case with them. On Twitter, okay, I said this on Twitter last night, so you can go back and look at my Twitter timeline. I said, yeah, yeah, I retweeted it. Single-handedly. Yeah, I know. And the other thing is there was a guy on there that said, well, Belichick learned so at halftime he's going to shatter Justin Fields and he's going to not allow him to, to run the ball. And he did not. And he did not because yeah. he didn't think Justin Fields could beat him. Well, in the playoffs, I said that before. He would do that if it was a playoff game. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. Belichick is stuck. He has no guy, no assistant coach to come up to him and say, hey, Bill, bad bad play in the first half. Right. We need to shout shadows game. He does not have a, a, a man, a coach, a player, somebody in the organization. Nobody. Say, no, no, you're not doing that. He, no. He's, he got and he fired Jason Light. He fired Scott Pioli. All the people that have that have you know given him an opinion, he gets him fired. Yeah. So to me, the biggest problem with the Patriots right now is well, two problems. A, they're mediocre at best. Okay. I would not be surprised they lose to the Jets this week. Just would not surprise me. I don't know if they're going to, but it just wouldn't surprise me. And number two, he does not have a man that can, uh, a person in that organization that can stand up to him and say, "No, Bill, we're not doing that. Exactly. We're not doing it. No." And that's huge. And I've said it on this show time and time again, Belichick, the GM, has done Belichick, the coach, no favors, zero favors, zero. And also, Belichick, the head of scouting, hasn't done. Hasn't done Belichick, the the GM, and vice he president. He he's vice president. They made him vice president because he's in charge of the salary. He needs to get back to two or three of his titles and just stick with the coaching and something else. And that's it. But it's bad business. It. It's bad man- management. Believe yeah. me, the crafts don't do that at their trucking company. They he's, hire- still on his he's still on his fake honeymoon sometimes. Right. No. You know, you hire good people who know what they're doing. You monitor yes. them. You know. Yeah. Um, has Belichick – the questions has raised on for the last three years. Who was it, Belichick or Brady? I firmly believe it was Brady. And I'm not a, a total Brady guy. But I will tell you, I'm, I'm firmly in the corner of it being Tom Brady that, that led this team to all the success that it had. It's, it's funny. And we'll close with this because I was thinking about that. And I think that it's both of them. It's a collaboration. They worked well yeah. together because yeah. Brady, coming from Michigan, knew to throw the ball away, to protect mm-hmm. the defense. Uh and he knew how to read defense. He knew how to count numbers, get in the right right play, right? So he kind of knew the defensive style Belichick wanted to play, what he needed to do as a quarterback. So, so it was a collaboration, but Brady did save his ass, to your point, which is the counterpoint, right? That it was Brady because 
when the Patriots needed to get into a shootout, uh, Brady could hang in there. And McDaniels learned how to call plays for a shootout. The the, the one thing I, I would tell you the reason why I lead to Brady is, is the NFL Network did a, a 2008 uh, documentary on this season. Right. And Brady and Belichick would meet on, like, Wednesday or something, Tuesday. And they were watching the game. Again. They were getting ready for the Ravens. And they were watching the game. Ed Reed was on the team, Ray Lewis, all those teams. Right. And Brady had a plan to go away from Ed Reed, and Belichick did not. Okay. Because Brady would say, okay, if we, if we go a guy here and we go a guy underneath, that'll get away. And Belichick said, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe we should do that. He wrote it down. So Brady knew what to do against these teams. He studied tape continuously. Well, that's what how Jason Light got him to go to Tampa Bay for less money. Because Jason Light had, was, was in – the Patriots front office and saw yes. this. Yeah. And he said, yep. he told Brady, Hey, you're going to be the offensive coordinator here. You'll be able yep. to watch film and call plays and run your offense because Belichick never let Brady run his full office. McGannon was on board. Right. McGannon was like, right. Oh, let's say half the off that, that takes half my load off. Half the office, let it be Brady. Belichick was like, No, no, no. Now, what did he say? You are what your record says you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Cleveland, right, after four years there, and he ended up, I think, being the general manager there, too. He always had final choice, and he had Nick Satan as a defensive coordinator. He was 36 and 44. Yeah. First year with the Patriots. Remember, the Patriots had been in the playoffs with uh, Parcells and Pete Carroll. Yes. It wasn't yeah. like they had a bad team. He goes 5-11. I'm, I'm a Parcells guy, and he, his track record speaks for himself. So he goes five and eleven with that team. Yeah. yeah. Drew Bledsoe gets hurt and Brady comes in. So without Brady, uh, that's forty-one and fifty-five. Now three and four this year. So without Tom Brady, Belichick's record is forty-four and fifty-nine. Forty-four wins, fifty-nine losses. Speaks volumes, doesn't it? Right, numbers. He was a guy. He was the guy to get rid of Bernie Kosar in Cleveland. He's right. the For and Vinny Testaverde. was an uproar about it. Remember that? I laughed. Yeah. It was a joke. Yeah. Vinny Testaverde. Remember that? The yeah. Disaster. I, listen, I remember totally. I remember that, you know, Cleveland was going on a good stretch. Kozai wasn't playing great. He said, all right, Bernie, you benched. Right. Vinny, you were in. Right. And, that, and that, that killed their season right there. So, and plus the move to... Uh, Baltimore didn't help. And be, before that, and we'll quote, you know, uh, give you final words. Before yeah. that, that Cleveland team wasn't a bad team. It, it was. It had gone to the playoffs with San Bernardino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember him? Remember him? Yeah. Remember and, him? and Brian Sipe. So it wasn't like he was taking over a bad team. Right. Yeah. He was not. And he just he just makes his own decisions and he goes with them and whether they're good or bad he doesn't really care. Yeah. Kraft has put the pressure on him this year. Kraft has told him I want I want a team that goes deep in the playoffs and they're not going to get it this year because I don't think they're making the playoffs. Right. Okay. So final last words that we get into tomorrow. It's just you know it's it's business. So my, right? my my thing is there's a lot of mediocrity in the NFL right okay. now. We do a lot of we do a lot of the homework and, and bring it on to the, the show. Right. But you also, when you bet, you have to do 
some homework. Yes. You can't just say Tampa Bay's three and four. They're playing Philadelphia six and one, taking Philadelphia. What are the circumstances? Where are they playing? You know, stuff like that. So you you have to do the research. Um, you know, we we talk about profit and all this other stuff, but you as a better, we don't make you make your pick. We right. give you the insight to go make it. So um, keep that in mind. Keep you know, watch this. Be right before you watch the show. Watch the show tomorrow night. We'll bring you a ton of information. Hopefully, you take a couple nuggets out of it that you would not even thought of before. So, right. If you are going to take all of our picks, bet the same amount equally on each one. So at the end of the day, you have profit, and one week compounds on the other week that you get interest from from a credit card. But you got to have insight because it changes and have a system. Uh, you can take our system that we're working on a lot. Uh, Scott, Chan, and I have finished a document. I already got it up there. I'm going to put more in the episode notes. Things we missed. I took notes in the episode notes and put it on the on the website. But have a system, right? It's almost like Martin Luther King said, uh, "If you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything." So you you believe me? No, in America, never lose money. And people are being pushed in many different directions to lose money. So you need to have a system so you don't get hustled, right? Because that's the one of the main things we do on this podcast is we make sure you are not taken advantage of by the sports betting market, right? So you don't have to pay Action Sports $1,000. Just listen to this podcast. We give you – and we earmark information. We specify information that's useful and actionable to put money in your pocket. We're not giving you idle statistics or this and that. Ours is geared towards uh, being able to pay for Christmas presents as a result of watching football. And and the last thing I'll say is we don't make picks off of motion. No. I don't think we have, I don't remember if we have that, but I don't think we have. We work hard. We work hard not to. That's why you do not bet. Your own team. I graduated from the University of South Florida. I haven't been a South Florida game in many, many, many years, right? Because it's, it's emotion. Both ways. You overestimate how bad your team is, right? You bet against your own team. You end up being a degenerate, betting against your own team because you're mad. <laughs> or be over exuberant. Oh, we're going to beat them. We're going to upset Alabama. What? What? Plus 35. Oh, we're going to cover that. How, we can't be that bad. Oh, yes, you are that bad. You you are estimating. Yeah, yeah. So, and the thing is, biases. We talked about biases in other podcasts. We're all biased. No matter how hard you try, there's still bias in there. No matter how hard you try to be objective, uh, you're not going to be 100 percent of the time. So you can't let all this extra stuff, or you know, playing on letting, uh, you know, make a decision. By emotion, right? Which usually is wrong. It's the amygdala brain, reptile brain, making decisions out of emotion. So we teach you how to make decisions, decision science. And when you give one in business, you always get 10 back. Not philanthropy or religion. That's why Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the SBC Podcast Network. That's why this one.
Shit in the world. That's why I work with the Jews.